0: and a very warm welcome to the Grey Lit Café podcast brought to you by Frontinus Limited. Frontinus is a communications consultancy focused on engineering, infrastructure, and sustainability. With you today is Inji Moussa, political scientist and teaching associate at Cambridge University, and I'm very honored to be accompanied by Mr. Anthony Haynes, creative director of Frontinus. In this edition, where we discuss the launch of the Grey Lit Café. In essence, what is it about, what is it for, and even why this particular name? So, without further ado, let me welcome Mr. Haynes.
1: Greetings, Inji.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Haynes. And let me ask you directly what is the grey literature?
1: Well, that's, <laughs> that's not an easy question. Um, over time, various um, people have tried to propose sort of general all purpose definitions. Uh, and they've tried to define grey literature, for for example, by the, the genre, the kind, the kinds of communications that grey literature includes, and they've tried to define it by uh, its distribution, the fact that grey literature has traditionally been distributed not not through the book trade and the usual library suppliers and so on. And they tried to define it by the publishers, the kind of organizations that publish grey literature. And actually, I think none of these approaches have really proved very satisfactory in terms of a general definition.
0: So, what is your approach to the grey literature then?
1: Okay, so my approach is rather than try and propose a general definition that's going to suit all people for all purposes, what we do at Frontinus is simply try and clarify. What we mean when we use a term, and in particular for this podcast, what do we mean for that purpose by gray literature and I characterize it in two ways really: one is I would say what I would call negative, and the other is positive. so a negative characterization is to say what i don 't mean by gray literature, and the best way I can explain that is if you think of a spectrum and that the one end of the spectrum uh, comes ephemera you know very small occasional bits of communication like um, you know uh, getting a receipt when you buy something or a, a getting a, a mission ticket for an event or something like that but i would call that ephemera now some people include ephemera in when they're talking about grey literature and I, I don't so when i'm talking about grey literature i'm not talking about ephemera and then at the other end are uh, what Gets called sort of proper publishing, you know, things like um, journal papers in scholarly journals and professionally published books published by Oxford University Press um, or whatever with ISBNs. And generally speaking, I don't include those in my definition of grey literature either. So when I'm talking about grey literature, I, I would define it negatively as not ephemera and not proper publishing, but something that fills the gap in the spectrum in between.
0: Okay, that's very interesting. But then how do you characterise great literature positively then?
1: The way I try to do that is simply to indicate the kind of thing we mean by um, identifying the typical examples. And for me, the most typical examples in terms of the forms are things like reports, white papers, booklets, pamphlets, leaflets, Dissertations, teaching materials, and then we've, those are the traditional forms of grey literature. And in addition, we have more recently developed forms such as blogs, podcasts, slide decks.
0: Wow this this is a very rich a topic and mm. field to be honest. And it seems to be steadily growing from the examples that you mentioned. Yes. And that leads me to to ask why. Um, Frontine has decided to launch a podcast on grey literature now
1: Well grey literature has been important for a very long time but there are certain trends that are making it even more important today Um, Some of these trends are quite technical ones and we've published a a white paper on them but I think they're really of rather specialist interest so I won't go into them in detail here I will put a link to the white paper in the show notes instead But there are two general trends that I think are raising the tide for grey literature. The first is digitalisation, and that's had a massive effect on grey literature. The first thing it does is it makes it much easier to archive Greylich, and therefore it's easier for people to retrieve it in the future. If you think of things, I mentioned things like booklets and leaflets and pamphlets, they're a bit of a nightmare in print form, they're a bit of a nightmare for librarians. They're all different shapes and sizes, and they don't stand up on the shelf properly, and so on. Um, they're much easier to collate digitally, and what that means is the shelf life of grey literature expands um Mm. i remember i'll give you an example i was writing a book about writing and i wanted to refer to some research done at the university of york in the 1980s uh, and the university published some small format research reports and i just couldn't find them i just couldn't locate them anywhere they disappeared from view by the time i wanted to write my book whereas these days when people produce grey literature um at the very least, you'll find a reference to um, a reference to the publication will hang around on the internet for years. But actually, increasingly, what happens is the actual text in PDF or whatever also mm. remains available on the internet. So grey literature doesn't disappear as quickly as it used to. I think also in terms of digitalization, so I'm aware this is a rather longer answer than you might have been hoping for. but No, no, it's very, very insightful, to be honest. So
0: please, the floor okay. is yours.
1: Well, it also makes grey literature, the distribution, more difficult, obviously. Um, You know, Mm. in the old days, getting a piece of grey literature from, let's say, Oxford to Sydney, and let alone Beijing, might have been quite a difficult thing to do. And now, of course, that's very easy to do online. I think also digitalisation has um, actually produced a good deal of creativity because it's enabled... development of new forms so if you think of blog posts which i suppose in some way is a sort of equivalent of essays the traditional form of essays but also has its own character and the same with the relationship between podcasts and lectures so i think digitalization's created new forms and in addition it's created a really exciting area which is interactive resources so Mm. with digitalization you can not only publish a data set but you can publish it in manipulable form so people can play around with it.
0: Wow excellent I never thought of digitalization as like that much diverse Um, but what about the second general trend then of um, that we can discuss today?
1: Well the other trend is government policy and this obviously varies Mm -hmm. a bit between territories but actually there's some um, quite common themes I think. Um, there's, generally speaking, there's been an increased emphasis in recent years on the notion of making research produce an impact on what we call <laughs> the real world. Um, in other words, mm. uh, there's an interest in enabling research to impact on businesses and the public and government departments and so on, rather than just be of interest to people in the communities that actually produce a research so increasingly, researchers are being evaluated, and their funding is becoming dependent on their ability to make an impact beyond the campus and What that means is, of course, you have to learn to communicate to new audiences you know you have to learn to communicate to policymakers, for example, or to uh, school teachers or clinicians or whoever it might be and The problem with that is just producing an endless stream of Peer-reviewed journal papers in journals that aren't read by these audiences—that's not going to work. Uh, you're going to have to do something that takes you out of that, and you're going to have to start communicating in forms that people in business and government and social life and so on actually can see access and accessing can see.
0: Excellent. Actually, that echo, to echo that we have like in academia in particular, a move that have been for a few years now regarding like bridging the gap between academia and policymaking and new forms have indeed came about, um, writing policy papers, uh, short reports, all these. So yeah, I definitely see that, although we don't use that gray literature term, but I think it, it fits what we are doing. And with through such a podcast, people getting to know more about what it means. To use the grey literature term, I think it just fits perfectly and people should should go with it. And that takes me to the most interesting part, the name. So at <laughs> Frontinus, you have decided to call this podcast Grey Lit Cafe. So what does that cafe bit indicate?
1: Well, <laughs> our intention is simply to convey um, a, a feeling that the podcast um, is, is a relaxed thing and an informal thing. Hmm. And we also want to capture the idea of uh, having a short break. Um, you know, you take a break out in, in your day to have a quick cup of coffee. It's that idea.
0: Highly needed.
1: <laughs> Indeed, I'm a great fan of good coffee. And um, and so um, our intention is to make our episodes pretty short, like a coffee break. So um, our typical length will be 10 to 15 minutes which is rather shorter than most podcasts, but we we, we think um, we think there's definitely a demand for people consuming content in in quite short uh, time spans.
0: Oh, that sounds really fun, <laughs> but also a challenge to be <laughs> honest to tackle such interesting themes in such a concise format. Um, yes. I know you yes. will provide our audience with various resources to further enrich their knowledge on the topics. Like with your course. Uh, but maybe just to launch this habit today, uh, what would be your top recommendation on the theme of grey literature? Okay, well, I'll,
1: what I will do is in the show notes, I'll actually put references to a number of resources on specific aspects of grey literature. But I think, in terms of a general resource, the one I would recommend is the website of an organization called GreyNet International. And I'll put the link in the show notes, but the URL is a very simple one. It's simply org. It's not Visually, the most stimulating website. It's not a beautiful design, but it's very, very rich in content.
0: Excellent. I can't wait to check that out. Thank you very much, Mr. Anthony, for this insightful edition. And thank you. Oh,
1: thank you, Inji. It's been a real pleasure. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Professor. And thank you
0: all for listening. This was Inji Musa with Anthony Haynes. graylet Cafe is edited by Dr. Bart Hallmark and produced by Frontinus Limited. Frontinus specializes in grey literature, forms such as proposals, publications, papers and reports. The music is from Handel's Water Music, courtesy of the United States Marine Band and Marine Chamber Orchestra. Goodbye. Goodbye. <music>